You know, Dano Seasoning is changing the world one table at a time by offering the best all-natural low-sodium seasoning products on the market. Dano's goals are to provide you with real flavors to make healthier food choices without ever having to sacrifice the real taste. Dano's includes low sodium, which is only 50 milligrams per serving. It has all natural unrefined sea salt. There's no sugar, no MSG, no chemicals, and it's completely gluten-free. Also, there's 100% natural ingredients. Dano's seasoning is the most versatile seasoning on the market. Grill, smoke, bake, create soups, sauces, marinades. You can also sprinkle Danos on your eggs, your potatoes, maybe some pizza, maybe some pasta, and even while you're watching a movie, sprinkle some Danos on popcorn. Heck, if you're crazy, why don't you put some Danos on ice cream? Any food that exists, you can put some Danos on it. Go to danosseasoning.com, use my promo code HodgePodge, capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. Guys, remember to do that. Um, just like the spelling of the podcast, a capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. You can try all three flavors, which include original, spicy, and hot chipotle right now today. It's damn good. Yum, yum. Get you some. I'm your host as always, Dylan Hodge, but you guys already know that. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Thanks for listening. Um, you may like Al today, the guest, um, or you may just like the podcast, which either way, I thank you for, uh, for for clicking on my face, clicking on the new logo we got, clicking on just the episode, but I wish you would click on that five-star review, write a little review for us on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That'll help us grow in the ratings, and you'll see a bigger and better podcast um, each and every week for doing that. Um, so, also, if you're listening over on YouTube, I said this a lot. Hit that subscribe button on on YouTube, and hit that little bell next to that. That's called notification bell. It's gonna let you know, notify you whenever the podcast puts up new videos each and every week. Um, I don't like asking people to do you know do me a favor. So, if you guys don't want to do that. You don't have to. I prefer it, but you don't have to. You can just come over here each and every week and listen to me ramble and, and just listen to the podcast for a good hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours or more, and just get your mind off things. Get your mind off life and just come here and listen to a nobody doing a no a, a nothing podcast. <laughs> but on the podcast today, we have something. We've got my friend Al Amy is back, and we again are talking movies, this time we're ranking our top 1980s movies. Um, this 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 one's a lot of fun because, in my opinion, I think the 80s is one of the best years for movies. Period. And so it was very hard, as you'll hear in the podcast, to 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 narrow down all the great movies that were released from 80 to 89, and just to a list of five. I think we had like together we probably had like 20. Um, honorable mentions so but without further ado let's go over right now to my bud al amy 
and we're going to talk the 1980s movies, our favorites, as we break them down from number five to number one. Here we go. Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for this one because this is up my alley. I'm an 80s kid, you know. You're an 80s kid, and my movie nerdness come from my parents showing me all their favorite movies from growing up in the 80s. So this is going to be a good one. Um, so before we just jump right into it, let's kind of – so what I did was I hit you up, and I said, man, let's do an 80s movie because, for one – uh, top the the new Top Guns uh, is is out, and also the new Jurassic World's coming out. So yes. I was like, I was like, why not go? Ahead? Let's right. just do this. Let's let's jump on the train while we're at it. So here's what we're doing. So we're doing the '80s movies, but I left out horror, superhero movies, franchises, which would include like uh, Rocky, Star Wars, um, right? Anything Correct. that has four or more. Because I feel that if you do that, that's just like a, for me, honestly, it's just a cheat way out of it because you can say Karate Kid and there would be like, you know, all six of them. Um, so I felt it would be easier right. to do that instead of like, because I could pick Rocky Four because to me, that's the greatest Rocky movie to ever be made. But then that would be leaving out, you know, three and then five. So it would just be confusing. So I just left out all those. And, and horror can also be its own genre as well. You know, we could do a horror movies and, you know, put the 80 ones in there so that was not really rules but that's what i was um that's that's what i was going for just to make it plain and simple uh but <laughs> we've got our top five here and for me al i don't know about you this was the hardest list we've ever had to make doing these the, doing these movies yeah i agree man uh i i i told you in a message that uh, a text message that um are you still there? I'm here. Yeah, okay. I told you in a text message that I are we sure you were doing five? <laughs> because narrowing it down to the top five is crazy, but I I, <laughs> I somehow did it. And again, this is our opinions, right? Like this right. isn't like you know, we're not taking this from you know the top 10, you know, grossing movies of you know of that decade or whatever. This is right. our opinion, but I have I, I have my top five, and I have seven honorable mentions. Okay, I have eight honorable mentions. I had ten, and I had to eliminate two. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it's it's. Um, I base my list on how I think the movies are rewatchable for me. Okay. I mean, yeah, so and you mentioned top. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was saying that you mentioned Top Gun and Jurassic World. I'm so excited to see both, and I'm actually going to see both at the drive-in on Saturday night. They're playing together at my local drive-in, so I, I get both movies in one shot. Oh, wow, so they're playing, like, back-to-back. -back. Yeah, they're playing Jurassic World, and then they're playing Top Gun uh, 2. That, that's crazy. I was going to go see Top Gun Maverick when it released, but my parents were such big fans of it that that they were like, we want to go see it too. So I'm like, fine, I'll wait to your guys. So I think we're going this weekend <laughs> to see Top Gun because I hear it's like a may. I hear it's one of the best movies to ever be created. So I, I yeah, I'm, I was I, I'm I a was little scared. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous, but uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yes, sir. 
All right, Al, once you go ahead and count us down from uh, I'm going five to one, you can go one to five, yes. however you want to do this. Um, but no, I want to. I want to I want to do it the same way you're doing it, Dylan. And first and foremost, I want to thank you for Absolutely. having me on the Hodgepodge again. Um, I I love when you hit me up to do these movie lists because it's my it's up my alley and I I, I love it. Um, but I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the same thing you are. I'm gonna okay. go from five to one, and then and then we'll talk honorable mentions because that way okay. We don't when we the honorable mentions we'll just mention them we won't like talk about each one of them for like 10 minutes or whatever okay cool so man floor is yours go with your number five so my number five is from 1986 and it is ferris bueller's day off Ooh. um this is this is one i struggled with many- man this is one i struggle with man i didn't know whether to put on the list or not <laughs> um Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I can't. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it because I lost count. Um, I I pull it up every once in a while to watch it. Um, and it's just as good the first time as, as it was the first time. It as a young kid when I saw it, I was ten years old. When I saw it for the first time, I rented it on video, VHS video, um, to see it, and. It instantly taught me how to skip school <laughs> because, I mean, it even goes through a play, like a step-by-step on how to pick out the parents. So, I mean, you know, um, great movie. And I love, I love all the, um, you know, response it gets nowadays. Like when kids see it now with this generation now, when they see it now, they're like, wow, that's a really cool movie. Um, I'm sure it doesn't get the same as it did back in the 80s, but even like even my kids have seen it and they like it, you know? And I also like the fact that it has its own uh, cult following where they have a million and one theories about this. I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this, Dylan, but I've heard the theory of Ferris Bueller's Day Off that where the entire thing was a dream. And basically, uh, it, it's it's um, the whole movie's about Cameron, and that the theory goes that Cameron is sick in bed and he dreams about this day um, with Ferris and his girlfriend, and that Ferris and his girlfriend aren't even real people. Mm. They are, in other words, Cameron is a loner. He has terrible parents who are never home. And he he's just happy all the time when he's sick. He's, he'd rather be happy. He'd rather be sick because then at least they care. All right. He's one of those depressed teenagers who'd rather be sick because then at least they give a damn about him. And that mm. Ferris Bueller is the embodiment of what he isn't. Okay. Nobody knows who Cameron Fry is at that high school, but everybody knows who Ferris Bueller is. He has the hottest girl in the school, played by Mia Sarah. Right. And and so and Cameron is single, doesn't have a girlfriend. So Ferris is the most popular person in school and has the hottest girlfriend. These are things that he wishes. He also doesn't have any siblings. Cameron mm-hmm. doesn't have any siblings. Um whereas even though she's annoying, 
at the end, you realize that Jennifer Gray is in there as a little, little shout out for Jennifer Gray. So Jennifer Gray's in there as Ferris's sister. Right. So that's the kind of the sibling. That's where the sibling kind of ties in. <clears throat> then there's the parents. Ferris Bueller's parents are the most naive and perfect parents of all time, whereas they are the total polar opposite of Cameron's parents, who are never home, <coughs> excuse me, and who, you know, could care, could seemingly care less about their son. Mm. Whereas Ferris, when he's sick, quote unquote sick, okay, because he wasn't sick at all, they you know, are taking care of him. They're making sure, you know, they're checking up on him, bad calls, you know, all these things happen. So I love that theory. I'm not buying it. I would just like to, you know, look at it for what it is where a bunch, you know, three friends skip school and have a ball out in Chicago. Okay. That's let's, you know, let's just say that that's what really happened there. But I love the theory because if you match up all the stuff, it makes sense. But that, it, it did make my top five Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I can't remember how many times I've seen it. That theory kind of makes sense to me because it's like they did a lot of stuff in one day. Like it was crazy the stuff that they did <laughs> in a day. But my favorite part of that movie, which is kind of the idiocracy of teenagers, is when they take his dad's car and they decide, oh no, there was this many miles on it. They put it in reverse, thinking that's gonna <laughs> eliminate the numbers and put it back down to what it was. <laughs> right. But Ferris Bueller, man, that is in my honorable mention. I'll say that. It was um, I haven't seen it as much as you have. I've seen it a handful of times. Um it it is it, it's it's a great movie, especially coming from Matthew Broderick. This was one of his first films, and I think it kind of put him, you know, in the spotlight. Let me just say that there are many iconic films in, um, there are many iconic films in the 80s that are famous for the car. I mean, or the or there is a car right. as part of the movie that's famous. And that's one of them. Ferris Bueller has the 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California. Let me tell you that if I ever hit the Powerball, that car will be in my garage. <laughs> you take that. I'll take the. Uh, I'll take the DeLorean. How about that? <laughs> well, I'd like to have both, but we'll talk about that one later. We will. <laughs> so my number five, Al, comes from 1988, a little old movie directed by Penny Marshall. Tom Hanks and Big, man, to me, th- this is one of the, th- I mean, this easily could have been top three for me. This Big is one of those movies where you watch it once, you it's easily to put it back in the player, skip it all the way back, however you want to watch it, and re-watch it two, three, four times in a row. I mean, this th- th- for me, this movie is that good. Like, I mean, it's crazy to think that this little this little kid, Josh is his name, Goes to a carnival, wishes he was big, and then the 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 granting machine turned off. Was it was unplugged the entire time? Next thing you know, this twelve year old boy is now a thirty year old man, and it's cool to see. Here's here's where, in my opinion, it gets it gets great is because Tom Hanks acting as a twelve year old, in my opinion, is on point. He's trying to act. You know, he's trying to act 30 like he's supposed to, but inside he's like a 12, 11, 12 year old little boy. 
and he gets a job working with this 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 toy manufacturer company and is actually gets good because he knows what 12 year olds want to play with it's i mean it's crazy i i love this movie to death big is big is big big is big for me it's great uh it's interesting that you mentioned big it's in my honorable mentions um <laughs> i've seen big a lot uh i'm not as much as ferris bueller but big yeah big's big's got everything you want right it's got like your childhood in there you got your best friend you know uh you know all the stuff that we used to do in the 80s collecting collecting like cards and playing stickball and you know right just starting to get interested in girls and things like that and yeah it, it's it's really heartwarming and the, the whole thing and then of course you got tom hanks which you know the entire thing of him being a, a 30 year old trapped in it or an eight year old trapped in a 30 year old or 10 year old trapped in a 30 year old's body is hilarious mm-hmm. um i got a little side note there about the zoltar machine that 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 right um he made the wish from that he wished that he makes the wishes on so there's an arcade not more than 10 minutes away from my house that has one of those zoltar machines in it um there's That's a cool. there's a uh yeah i'm not kidding there's a there's a place called country junction which is a natural place a not a national chain of a general store and they have an arcade attached to it and i take my kids there all the time because it's it's fun there's a lot of arcade games they can play and then they can turn in their tickets for prizes and they can play skee-ball and all that cool stuff and it just happens to have a zoltar machine which I always get a kick out of seeing it there. I don't know where the guy got it, but mm. it's there. And it's just, it's just kind of there. And it it does exactly the same thing. You put your quarter in and it grants you a wish. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> That's cool, man. I've never actually seen one. Um, in person, I don't think if I have, I don't, I don't yeah, you know what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take, a, I'm going to take a picture of it next time we go up there and I'm going to send it to you. Okay. So you, so to prove to you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crazy or <laughs> no, it actually, it actually does exist. And I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more of them out there somewhere, but right. I think it's awesome. Like when I first saw it, I was like, holy crap, that's the Zoltar machine. Right. You know? So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had that moment, but yeah, Pig's definitely, Pig's definitely a good one. Our man, your number four. All right. My number four is Goonies mm, from okay. 1985. Um, I can relate to Goonies so many ways. Number one, as you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. Right. Um, and Cindy Lauper was really hot at the time. And then she does the songs in the, in the movie. That's part of it. Right. Um, back then they had actual music videos on MTV, not what MTV is now. And, uh, one of the, one of the videos that they had at the time was good enough, which was one of the songs in the movie. And it had all the Goonies cast in it. Um, what a cast. I mean, look where they've come, you know. You love superhero movies, you know. Look at where Josh Brolin has become. Um, right. Uh, you know you know what I'm saying? Um, Sean Astin. I mean, you know, the uh, 
the Lord of the Rings movies alone made him rich. You know what I'm saying? Um, not not that he wasn't already, but I mean, a lot of child actors kind of drift away. Some right. of those other ones kind of did, right? Like Kihi Kwan, who played short or who played who played short round in, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, those that movie and this movie, the Goonies, is, are the only two movies you ever see him in. He, then he disappears. You never you never hear from him again. Um, the kid that played Chunk ended up being a lawyer. Some of the other actors and actresses kept acting, but Josh and Sean asked Josh Brolin and Sean Aston, um, those those two had the biggest careers. But but that aside, the story of kids going on an adventure, trying to save their parents uh, from losing their house, and the whole thing, uh, the whole thing with Sloth, the Fratellis. Uh, I mean, Joey Pants is one of the Fratellis. You gotta love Joey Pants in there. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I forget the lady's name, but the lady who plays Ma, Ma Fratelli, she was in Throw Mama from the Train or something. She was she was she was a heck of an actress, funny. Um, and uh, yeah, sloth and all that stuff. I mean, what what's there not to love to go on an adventure like that? I mean, my. My kid, my friends, my childhood friends and I, once we saw this movie, tried to go on similar adventures, trying to find things. But uh, uh, that's how much influence it was on us. Like we decided to go look for look for caves and look for this and that around, you know, in the woods and stuff. We got in a lot more trouble than we should have. But the Goonies, <laughs> you know, I just love it. And it's one of the, again, it's one of those movies I can watch over and over and over again and still be entertained. So. Right. I have one that is similar to that. And my number four, you know, that kind of reminds you a lot of your childhood. And that for me, my number four is 1986 is Stand By Me, uh, the Rob Reiner film. For me, it, it just it, it's like every kid growing up. Al. I mean, it's you, you try to act tough. So you're going to curse. You're, you're going to skip school. You're going to say I'm staying over at Josh's house while Josh is staying over at Al's and I'm going over at Al's house. I mean, it, we've all done it as right. kids, but they throw in this, they just throw in this, this plot where you, you're not sure what's going to happen. They go on a hunt for this, for the, for, for a dead body of a missing kid that came out of their hometown. And then they just go into, I mean, the train scene alone was one of the most gut wrenching things you could ever see. And, and, you know, in a, in a, a movie starring kids, when they're on like the, that. when they're on the, when they're on the bridge, you mean? When they're on the bridge and the train's coming, right? Yeah, right. It's for me. Stand by me, man. Is and it was unbelievable for me to figure out that this was a Stephen King adaptation. Like he wrote the book before, and I, right. it was cool to realize that. Oh wow, Stephen King's actually not all horror. It's actually, but yeah, this. I mean, you see Jerry O'Connell there. I mean, like like he said, some of the <laughs> kid actors are. Some of them drifted off. Like Will Wheaton did a little bit of the Star Trek stuff. He showed back in the he Big did, Bang right. Theory. You know, uh, uh, Jerry O'Connell. Right. I mean, this guy, Jerry O'Connell's A-lister now, you know. Uh, you got Kiefer Sutherland, who plays the brother. That guy is, I mean, he's a music star now. Uh, but Corey Feldman, I don't know what's happened to that guy. And then, unfortunately, River Phoenix well, passed away. He was in away. a bunch of movies, though. He was, he was in a bunch of the right. 80s and 90s movies, but he just kind of, like he said, drifted off the acting, which he's pretty much made yep. his money. He's not really worried. But uh, I think one of the best scenes in the Stand By Me is when they're kind of 
you know, they're asking each other, what's one food you could eat for the rest of your life? And they're like, Pez, like a Pez dispenser. <laughs> for me, Jerry was... O'Connell says cherry Pez. <laughs> yeah. Right. So my cherry number Pez, hands down. Hands down. No question about it. <laughs> so my number. And they're f- debating whether or not Goofy's a dog or not. You know, I don't, I, I heard that he was a cow and I also heard he was a dog. So I'm not really quite sure right. on the Goofy either. But uh, yeah, man, Stand By Me is Stand By Me is one of those that every time it's on TV, I'm gonna stop and watch it. It's 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 like Castaway for me with Tom Hanks. It's like once it's on, I have to right. watch it. it. It's amazing to me. It's great that you mentioned Stand By Me because that's another one of my honorable mentions. Um, it I don't know how it didn't make the top five. It really it should have, but I it didn't because I really had to narrow it down. But Stand By Me is a is a definite six you know what i mean yes um i again that's another movie just like you said childhood stuff i mean we used to take walks and when i the town that i grew up in had railroad tracks so we would take the railroad tracks as far out of town as possible until we until we figured you know we better turn around sooner or later um yeah will we in river phoenix god god rest him um a lot of people forget that it's narrated by Richard Dreyfus, who's one right. of my all-time favorites. Uh, Richard Dreyfus was, you know, I mean, in my my all-time favorite movie of all time is Dolls, and he's in that. And then Close Encounters of the Third Kind, et cetera, et cetera, just keep going. Um, but yeah, it's narrated by Richard Dreyfus, which was a great pick. So you, you kind of hear his voice throughout. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, but yeah, good pick. <laughs> there's not gonna there's okay. not gonna be there's not gonna be movies for us that we're gonna be like that's a bad pick because they're all good movies <laughs> I yeah <mean. laughs> yeah i mean if you pick something out of the book because like there is one 80s movies that i that is in my opinion overrated and if you pick it i'm not gonna tell you it's bad i'm gonna say uh, it's okay Okay, I have. But if you don't I have a couple it, as well. If you don't pick it, we. Yeah, if you don't pick it, we we don't even have to. I don't even have to. Mention it. <laughs> okay. All right. So my number my number three is um, because we're on number three, right? Yes. Yeah. So my number three is the Princess Bride. Oh. Nineteen eighty-seven. For one reason and one re well two reasons and two reasons only. Indigo Montoya and Andre the Giant. Yeah. I went and when I first heard about this movie, I'm a little kid and I'm big into wrestling. You know, I I just really started getting into wrestling and they kind of started announcing that Andre was going to be in a movie. And I thought, wow, isn't that cool? (laughs) You know, Hulk Hogan had been in Rocky three so I was like, you know, this will be cool. Like Andre the Giant in the movie, like what's he going to play? And obviously he played a giant. But I mean, then you have Carrie Ells. You have Robin Wright. You have Billy Crystal as Mad Max. I mean, the whole cast. And then Rob Reiner did the whole thing. Like the whole story is ridiculous and ludicrous, Okay. It wasn't meant to be what it became. Like it became a huge cult following kind of thing because it was kind of meant to be funny, but it ended up being that plus 
heartwarming too. So it like I can't get enough of it. Like Fred, you start off the movie with Fred Savage, and he's in bed <laughs> sick, and then Peter Falk comes, and then Peter Falk comes in, and he's the grandfather just coming to read read his grandson a, a book. And I'll tell you what, like, I have a lot of friends that love that movie that when I mentioned that movie, it can't help but saying, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You <laughs> killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah, man, The Princess Bride. <laughs> I actually just saw that, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago for the first time and ended up, you know, loving every minute of it. But I think Andre, Andre the Giants acting in the movie, even though he didn't talk a lot because he's not, you know, the best at English, I thought it was spot on right. for what he was trying to do. I mean, it was, yeah. it was great. And I forget the name of the guy that, that was Vincini who used to say inconceivable all the time. Yeah, he plays um, his he, the he plays Rex in the Toy Story films. That's where I knew his uh Yes, you hear that voice and that's right. what you think of, right? Right. Inconceivable. Yeah. I'm trying to find the guy's name real quick right now, but I can't find it. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, the Princess Bride man, it's a yeah, I, it's not in my honorable mentions. I'll be honest with you, because I've only seen it once, and I actually kind of forgot about it till you said that. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. That's that's a great one." Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But my number three, we're gonna go to the highway to the danger zone for this one, brother. Top Gun is number oh, three. Yeah. Sure. This this, this could have been two or one. Uh, I recently just watched this for the. Um, for the millionth time again, because I'm going to see uh, Top Gun, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. So, but this movie. Now, a lot of people say this is the best movie from the 80s. I don't think so. I think it is a little bit overrated um, to a certain extent mm -hmm. because a there's not really a villain in this movie. Sure. You can you could say Val Kilmer, but it's not really it's kind of friendly back and forth jabbers at each other you know it's not really there's not really a villain in this film except for you know tom cruise is kind of his own villain um of course you have the the the, the goo scene you know you're gonna cry your eyes out watching this movie but i mean this this movie right. has everything it's got comedy it's got action and it was pretty damn good cgi and 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 acting for the 80s because there's a lot of crappy crappy work that um, you know, movies like this have done, but I mean, Top Gun is is kind of top notch, a little overrated, but it it, it still has a fantastic story to it. Top Gun's in my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, I watched Top. I've watched Top Gun like a hundred times. Um, great cast. Yes, you know Val Kilmer, Anthony Edwards, Tom Cruise, of course, but. Um, you know, I guess like when you're a kid, like, you know, either you come from a military family or you don't. And yeah. I happen to, I happen to, I was surrounded by, I was never in the military myself, but I was surrounded by guys in the army, the Marines, like 
the Navy. And so this, this movie, you know, I got excited about it. Like I, I didn't know what to expect out of it. Like I thought it was a war movie and it just turned out to be, I mean, they did have a, you know, a situation to deal with, but um, basically it was like a competition, you know, for aviators and, and uh, um, you know, I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan, but that's probably his best movie in my, in my opinion. I mean, there, you know, you can go through and say, well, a few good men or this, that, the other thing, but, right, uh, right. you know, or, or Rain Man or something, but, but I think as far as entertainment goes, I'm excited to see the sequel because I was worried that too much time had gone by or whatever, mm -hmm. but I have a newfound respect for Tom Cruise because I didn't know the man could actually fly jets. That that's the most crazy you know part I mean? about that's the crazy part about that. Uh, that blows that blows my mind that he can actually that he can actually fly. Well, that like, was these, well that was the deal with this movie. They, they were going to make it, and he made everybody go through Navy training and learn to actually drive these things. Now. I, I was reading something in in one of the uh, an article, and it was saying that Top and, and the Maverick they're not actually like they would not the director would not let them fly the jets during filming, just in case something happens. So yeah. there's like there's somebody in like in the same cockpit as they are, but they just CGI them out some way, and it makes them look like they're flying it. I mean, but yes, you do that that that's another letdown for the Top Gun. Um, is you do think this is going to be a regular military action film, but it actually turns out to be people training in jets. I mean, pretty much it's, right. it's the movie. But uh, no, I, I think this is, uh, you can put Mission Impossible in there as well for Tom Cruise. I'm not the biggest uh, Cruise fan as, uh, either, but I do think this is his best movie as well. Okay, so we're at number two. And I kind of bounced number two and one back and forth for about a half hour <laughs> in my, for my list. Okay. Uh -huh. And I, so I had to go back to the, the old thing that I tell you, which is like, how many times have I seen it? And mm -hmm. my number one, I've seen almost as much as any other movie I've ever watched number, but I've also recently gone back to the theaters to see it when it came back to the theaters. Mm. But my number two, my number two is the breakfast club. Okay. I admire the breakfast club because it's so simple, right? It's the simplicity of it. It's like you have a group of kids. Each one of them is a different kind of, of, uh, shall we say, you know, class of, you know class you know i'm uh, i'm trying to figure out what word to say but it, it, each one's a different group of, of of an american high school back in the 80s it, it might be a little bit different nowadays but back in the 80s these groups existed you did you had the stoners you had the you know the prom queen and the student council you had the the jocks you had the nerds and then you had the what they call emos nowadays, but basically the uh, the depressed kids who doesn't talk to anybody, you know, the loners. And in this movie, you have one of each of those people each share a Saturday detention, 
which right. was the most ridiculous part of it to me because who the, I don't know what American high school has Saturday detention for an entire, but I guess <laughs> if you're, if it's just, I guess if it's just one hour after school or something, it wouldn't have been much of a movie. So they had to have a Saturday detention where you, you actually had an extra school day for whatever they did wrong. But at the beginning of the movie, they, none of them really know each other. They might have heard of each other, but they don't really know each other. At the end, they seem to be friends. Sure. Seem to be friends. Um, I can't say enough about it, except like my favorite part is they're told to write an essay by, you know, Mr. Vernon, the guy who's in charge there. And um, nobody writes the essay except Brian, who's Anthony Michael Hall. He's the nerd, right? Right. And he writes, he writes an essay, he writes an essay that he figures that they all would say. And what he writes is, you know, he was spoke, they were supposed to write on who they think they are. I want I want a thousand words on who you think you are. And he writes a letter to Mr. Vernon saying, Dear Mr. Vernon, um, something about, I don't know it word for word, but it's something about like, I don't know how you expect us to write a, an essay saying, who do you think we are? What do you care? You see us as you want to see us. Um, but what we all found out is each one of us, each one of us is an athlete and a basket case, a, a princess and a criminal. Um, when that movie came out, Ellen, mm -hmm. within a month, there was kids at school dressing up like Don Bender when they came to school. <laughs> they would have the jean jacket. Like before that, there was all kinds of stuff that you wore at school. But I remember that movie coming out when I was in the middle school. I don't know if I was in sixth grade or seventh grade. And one of my best friends at the time, his name was Dan, came to school the next day dressed in a uh, denim jacket cut off at the sleeves <laughs> he had a he had a pack of marbles tucked in the front shirt shirt t-shirt pocket white t-shirt and he had jeans that were kind of cut in different places and down where nowadays in 2000 in the 2000s you know that might seem fashionable back in the 80s they didn't do that kind of stuff mm. you know what i'm saying he came looking like he had, he even had the leather gloves on with no fingers. <laughs> and I said, what the hell are you supposed to be? <laughs> he had his hair slicked back. I mean, it was, it was great. And this one kid, Sean, I remember saying like, who the F you, who the F do you think you are? John Bender? Like I'm, I, so I thought that the first thing I thought about, when I watched this again recently, because it's my son's favorite movie, who's okay. 21, it's his favorite movie. So he was watching it, and I, I said, hey, oh, cool, The Breakfast Club. So I sat down, and I watched it. He was like halfway through it. 
And I said, you want know something about it's it's interesting that this movie holds up when you see a lot of 80s things, you see a lot of 80s references and stuff in the movie and stuff that they don't do nowadays, that they don't say nowadays. Um, but it still holds up. For some reason, it holds their attention. I always tell people that The Breakfast Club taught me how to swear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because up until then, I might have heard the F word from my old man. But, uh, you know, some of the stuff they say in The Breakfast Club. They probably uh, couldn't say yeah. today. I mean, if you think about it, like, it would be considered yeah. what R because Breakfast Club was – PG, PG-13 back in the day? Yeah, I think it was PG-13 because they swear and they use drugs. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's Breakfast Club. That's that's another good one that 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 I haven't watched. I probably watched it once. Um, but yeah, the style, the dressing back in the day, that was kind of like when the Beatles took over in the 60s. It was, it was absolute mayhem, people dressing up like them. It was... That's what, that's what I hear, at least from the Breakfast Club. Like it was just, I mean, it was a, 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 a change in the movies when that happened. It's a cultural phenomenon, man. It made us fall in love with Molly Ringwald. We, yes. we, we, we still, you know, us 80s kids, when we go to weddings or parties where there's dancing involved, we still do the, we still pull out the Molly Ringwald because that's actually a dance. Um, Ali Sheedy. You know, whenever she pops up in movies here and there, of course, Anthony Michael Hall, if, if you've ever seen 24. Right. Um, you know, he's still acting nowadays. I mean, he, he's, he, he was more prominent in his teen years, but later on in life, he did show up in other movies. In fact, you like horror movies. Uh, wasn't he in uh, the, the latest Halloween Yes for, yes, for a brief period. Right. So, um, you know, and Emilio Estevez, I mean, she, you know, like, what hasn't he done? Right. He did the Mighty um, Ducks, some Outsiders, all that good stuff. And even, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he, growing up, I, I remember him in, uh, what was the one with Billy the Kid? Was that Young Guns or something? I, I'm not right, sure. Where he played Billy, I, think, I think he played Billy the Kid in that. But anyway, uh, that's my number two, Breakfast Club. My number, uh, my number two. I also flopped back and forth with number one because I was like, man, they both mean so much to me. You don't want to show disrespect to either of them because you got to act like they have feelings. <laughs> but my number two right. is 1985's Back to the Future. Man, okay. you're talking about a, this to me is one of the greatest movies to ever be created. I mean, to think about it, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but there was a there was a guy named Eric Stoltz back in the day. They yep. create they made Back to the Future seven they were 75% done with the film. They had some yep. di they had some differences, so he got fired from the movie and they brought in Michael J Fox yeah. bless his heart Michael J Fox created a damn good character and they recreated back to the future and it gave us one of the best trilogies of all time i mean sure this because 
it kind of gets right like it for me i judge movies based on the the timing <clears throat> excuse me the timing of the movies like if it takes a little while to get into it then it's going to go a little bit lower for me but kind of back to the future is kind of boom 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 here it is here's the point let's get let's get it going and now it is a little weird that he falls in love with his mother or she correction she falls in love with him well, he's trying to <laughs> he's trying to get away from her um i mean the movie has all the aspects of a children's mystery like you're not sure what's going to happen right. how are they going to get back to the delorean how are they going to get the delorean to work again it's i right. mean it back to the future is it's it's amazing to me i actually watched all three in one day um a couple uh, a couple weeks ago and i think back to the future when i say one of the best um one of the best trilogies is because weirdly back to the future part two is just as good as the first back to the future um Mm -hmm. and the third one is the third one is just is is a little slightly um duller but it's still very good like all three back to the futures are prime time movies right so yeah number two back to the future So Back to the Future is my number one. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, because I think it's the best thing ever to, to come out right. of the 80s. Yeah. Um, you already you already talked about Eric Stoltz. I mm-hmm. I you're not gonna find somebody that knows more about Back to the Future than me. Okay. I like I've researched, I've researched all kinds of stuff. Um, Eric's the reason why Eric Stoltz got fired was because he was not getting along with Leah Thompson. Okay. They, there was no chemistry between them. There was no, you know, when they were on screen together, it just didn't have the same fire that it did when, when, when Michael J. Fox and Leah Thompson were on screen together. Also, um, Dr. Brown, um, uh, what's his name? Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Why is it? Yeah, Christopher Lloyd is one of my favorite actors of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, in everything he's ever done. I just love the zany looks he always gave whenever he was, whether he was on TV and Taxi or whether he was, you know, in every movie he's ever done, his facial expressions alone. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just that zany character and, and he was perfect for Dr. Brown. Um, Thomas Wilson playing himself as a teenager and then playing himself yes. when he's, you know, 45 or whatever it is. Well, see, Leah Thompson did the same thing. She was, she played an older and she mother. Did the and same, she, but she yes. did it twice. She, she did it where... You know, in the beginning of the movie, she's herself right. in 1985 um, as, you know, in the mid-40s. But she looks terrible because she's been drinking and letting herself go. And then when Marty kind of, quote, unquote, fixes everything, they come back to it and she looks great. You know what I'm saying? And Crispin Glover, you know, can't say enough about his Marty Mc- or his uh, George McFly. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, the whole thing. I could watch that thing over and over again. It's one, like you said, one of the greatest movies and trilogies ever created. The story is great. All the, the whole thing. Can you imagine being able to go back in time and meet your parents when they were teenagers? Like, I mean, that's that that's that the whole thing is crazy. And in Back to the Future 2, they go to 2015, remember? Yes. And we had like there were so flying you, cars, and you had <laughs> these shoelaces that laced themselves right. up. <laughs> yes, power laces and hoverboards, and right. Yeah. So, 2015 was six years ago. When 2015 came out, they had an anniversary edition at my local drive-in of Back to the Future, and they played all three movies back to back to back. And me and a bunch of my buddies who love the Back to the Future trilogy, we all we all just went, mm-hmm. and it, we had a blast. I mean, they had like a they had like a ten or fifteen minute intermission in between each movie, so you can go get a snack, or we packed up coolers and food and all that stuff, man. We, I mean, you're talking nine hours of movies. I mean, well, no, not really. We were there for nine hours, but we had all the running times together. It's about six or seven hours, but um yeah back to the future is my number one because it just for lack of a better term it it stands the test of time which is yeah. interesting because that's what it's about yeah and if you've never seen it uh, if, if you've never seen the documentary on it called back in time you should watch that because that's done by the creators of the movie and they do interviews with all the cast. And then they do interviews with like super fans. I mean, people who have collected stuff from the movies. There's like this rich guy that has a garage that has one of the, he has one of the DeLoreans. And then he has that truck, that black Toyota. Mm. Like he has the actual truck. In oh, his wow. Possession. And he has the, um, the, the Rolls Royce, the, the old car that Doc Brown had back in 1955. <clears throat> um, so he has a whole bunch of See, They talked to him. They talked to this couple. Um, the wife's name's Terry. I forget the name of the husband, but they go to the they go to all the Comic Cons, like in San Diego and, mm-hmm. and Philadelphia and New York and so forth. And whenever they have a Back to the Future exhibit, um they bring one of the DeLoreans. They own one of the DeLoreans. So they bring it and they charge 20 bucks for you to take your picture with it and sit or sit in it. I'll send you the picture of me standing next to it for okay. you. Okay. Okay, cool. I have, I have, I, cause I went to Philadelphia uh, a few years ago and I actually sat in one of the DeLoreans that they used to make back to the future too. Wow. And um, my $20 I gladly hand it over because they don't they don't take any of the money. All their proceeds goes to the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's. Right, right, right. Which is freaking awesome. So, like I said, I can't say enough about how much I love Back to the Future. That's why I had to put it number one. And quickly, I will say this about um, Back to the Future before um, I get to my number one. The cool thing about Back to the Future 2, which they don't do this anymore in any type of movie, 
is well, I mean, they feel the what happened was two and three were filmed back to back. Like soon as the second one started, they had like two weeks off, and then they started filming the third one. Well, in the second one, as soon as it goes off before it shows the end credit scene, they showed the trailer for part three in the movie theater right after the movie and saying, Come back in six months, the third one will be out. Yep. Which which was <laughs> and they had to do that. They had to do that because so that the characters didn't, especially Marty didn't age anymore and you know also that you know in case they they started getting booked doing other things and and they would have to put it off a year or two years or three years or whatever which i think which i think was the best thing for them to do was to film it back to back yep because they could have waited too long and then you know you know what happens with with movies that happen too long till they're made it's it's uh it's crazy now my number one my number one al people are gonna say no there's multiple movies no there's not there's only two originals and there's two remakes my number one is 1984's ghostbusters this is (laughs) one of my favorite movies of of all time i remember when i first watched it i was i I knew you were gonna pick that ghostbusters (laughs) i I don't remember how old it was, eight, nine, ten, maybe. And I remember I got a proton blaster for Christmas. And I was blasting the shit out of clothes and pillows and blankets. I was the man of that. But the coolest thing, one of the coolest things a lot of people don't realize about, you know, Ghostbusters is the movie is somewhat based on a true story. Like, you know, Dan Aykroyd grew up in a in a in a haunted house with with families that his, his family was a paranormal investigators. And so like, he saw all this weird shit and he was like, let's just make it into a great fun movie. I mean, from beginning to end for me, I don't give a lot of movies five stars, but ghostbusters for me is an easy five star platinum. I mean, you got Sigourney Weaver, um, a small Rick Moranis, which is, kind of cool to see rick moranis that you know uh that was great you got bill murray who is i mean trying to stay serious in a somewhat serious funny (laughs) movie it's kind of crazy to ask bill murray to do i mean bill murray stole this from you know uh harold ramis and 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 dan Aykroyd. i mean i don't really know what to say about ghostbusters other than it's my favorite movie of all time. This movie is timeless. This movie is, this movie is everything to me. Like it's, it, it, I can't imagine what if this movie was never made like that. There's not a, a uh, there's not a thought in my mind. What if that never was made? So Ghostbusters is one of my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, I feel about it almost as strongly as you do. I love Ghostbusters. Um, love all the actors in it. I think it's another one that stands the test of time because my five-year-old has seen Ghostbusters and she loves it. Oh man, yeah. She loves she loves she loves Slimer, she loves the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, like the whole thing. Uh she she even like gets gets a little scared of the dogs running around right, you know, right. the, the, <laughs> yeah. the mythical dogs and and uh yeah and um she hasn't seen uh the new ghostbusters afterlife yet but right. 
she'll get the reference. She'll she'll then get the yes, reference. She'll understand of, it. Yes. Of Zul. Um, and um, Gozer. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, but yeah, I've seen Ghostbusters a ton. My kids have all seen it. My, including my five-year-old, and it, like again, it was 1984. We're talking, you know, 35 plus years later. It's still, right. Um, you could you could put it on, and, and any person, I don't care, man, woman, or child, would enjoy themselves. I mean, that's what a movie's supposed to do, right? It's supposed to kind of take you into a new, a different world, and. And when you come out on the other end, you were thoroughly entertained. I don't know anybody that doesn't like those. Right, right. Well, man, that's that's our top five. Why don't we real quick run it through is. our honorable mentions here? Yeah. So you want to go first or me? Um, I'll go first this time. What we're going to do is we'll just go back and forth like we did five, um, our top five. Okay. So I'm just going to go top to bottom. I don't have these numbered. Um, so yeah, they're in no particular order. The first one on the list is over the top, in my opinion, other than Rocky. <laughs> I think this is the greatest Sylvester Stallone movie ever made. I mean, this movie <laughs> to me is some amazing stuff. I mean, he's a truck driver, he's trying to you know get a relationship back with his son after his mother died. It's he's fighting off all these people. It is crazy, man. Over the top is is an excellent watch if nobody's watched it. I think it's totally underrated. I do. Uh, underrated hundred percent. It's not on my list, but it it, it is fun. I, I've seen it. I've seen it a few times, and 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 yeah, you're, you're right. It's one of those because because of Rocky and Rambo, it, it doesn't get a lot of credit because some some of his other movies, you know, kind of get pushed aside when it comes to when we were talking about him you first thing you think is rocky and then rambo you know so right um so i i mentioned earlier that you know we we you mentioned big as on your list and ghostbusters and stand by me those those are three of my honorable mentions so i don't really have to talk about those three right um because yeah you mentioned big Ghostbusters and Stand By Me and your top five, and they were three of my honorable mentions. So that means I only really have like, uh, let's see, like four left. Okay. <laughs> and um, so like, so I'm gonna mention ET. Okay. Um, so ET 1982. I ET was the first movie I ever saw in a theater. I was a little kid. My grandmother took me because she thought I'd like it. She knew I liked Star Wars. So she thought I would like it because she 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 didn't know anything about it other than it was about an alien. Right. All right. It was called E.T. the Extraterrestrial. So she didn't know she didn't see a trailer. They didn't really have trailers back then. I mean, sometimes they'd have them on TV as a commercial, but she she just heard about it. And she decided to take me. I was six years old. So it has a special place in my heart because you know how much I love movies. We're sitting here talking about our favorite movies and in the 80s. And I mean, I, I love movies so much. I watch way too many. I watch more movies than I should. 
But anyway, <laughs> ET start ET ET on my honorable mentions because it started all that. You know, mm-hmm. on top of that, on top of that, it's a good movie. I mean, you know, <laughs> the whole story. Young Drew Barrymore. I love Drew Barrymore. I mean, I didn't love her then. She was a little kid, but nowadays, Drew Barrymore, I love Drew She's Barrymore. She's great. She's great. Um, so, yeah, it's, listen, I could talk on and on and on about E.T., but it's it's one of my honorable mentions, so I'll just mention, and that's the reason why. Yeah, uh, E.T.'s on there for me as well, um, as well as um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You mentioned that earlier. Um, so I only have a only have a couple left as well, um, yep. but I'm gonna put Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure on there. Um, <laughs> I, I it's it's the, it's the goofy comedy that I enjoy. The goofy, you know, you, they didn't show that they were pot smoking, but I probably guarantee you that they smoked a little bit before <laughs> before they went on their adventures. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I, I just love the goofy comedy and 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 Bill they and seem Ted to be stoner. Funny. They seem to be stoners, right? They seem to be stoners right, yeah. that didn't actually smoke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then they made they made a new Bill and Ted, uh, the third one, and it was actually pretty decent. Right. I was afraid as well that it was going to be bad, but sure. it was it was it wasn't that bad. Um, so yeah, Bill and Ted's yeah, it was adventure. all right. Yeah, that's one of mine too. Um. So we'll just, I'll just skip over that one, but that's on, that's on my list too. As is Top Gun, which you mentioned earlier. Yes. Um, Top Gun is also my thing. So I have two left. Okay. And one of those is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, that started a great trilogy, but, but I don't really count Crystal Skull because you mentioned it, that, you know, movies that have four or more movies um crystal skull what to me was an abomination i really don't acknowledge its existence really i enjoyed it i enjoyed it dude i i, I thought it was pretty good I, listen, what do I, know? I, I just i was expecting more out of it and it kind of really it, it kind of irks me a little bit i love listen i love harrison ford and i love indiana jones and yeah there's parts of that movie that i really enjoy <laughs> but the whole premise of the whole thing like you know what i mean i'm not, i'm not gonna you're not going to be able to get me to to sit here and and you know talk about how terrible an Indiana Jones movie is because to me it's Indiana Jones, right? Right, right. But Raiders of the Lost Ark is the one I'm talking about. That was from 1981. When I first saw it, you know, I was hooked. I wanted to see more of Indiana Jones, and you know, the whole thing, the the Ark of the Covenant, you know, I was raised Catholic, so I thought it was interesting to me that it was a religious artifact that he was going after, and that was part of it, and then uh, Karen Allen, she's amazing, of course, Uh, the whole thing with the Nazis, you know, everything, so it's like uh, Reese Davis, you know, Reese Reese Davies, who plays uh, um, Sala, Mm-hmm. Uh, is also good in is also good in Raiders. Um, to date, out of every out of out of Raiders, uh, Temple of Doom, and uh, um, Search for the Grail, the 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 Last Crusade. Yes, Raiders is my Raiders is my favorite of those of those three. So yeah. Raiders is an honorable mention here. Yeah, you know, growing up. 
you know, now me and my brother have the somewhat of the same taste of movies, but growing up, we were totally different. You know, he's uh, two, two, three years younger than I am, but we sat down together one time and watched all three Indiana Jones when we were, we had to be in high school and we, you know, it was one of those where we loved every single one of them. And now we're, we're excited that the new one's coming out here to next year or the next, and we're going to go watch it together. Like we usually do with the Marvel. I have high hopes. Um, I have high hopes, Dylan, because it has to be better than Crystal Skull. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's doing it. He didn't. He didn't like. I mean, he's he's eighty years old now. Yeah. <laughs> and so he he didn't like the way he didn't like the way Crystal Skull was received. <clears throat> and you know he's looking to retire soon and and things like that. So to. You know, I don't know if the movie's completely made yet. I don't know if they're going to tie in a son and who's going to play that person because it would make sense for him and his son to go on an adventure together since that's kind of what they did in Crystal Last Skull. Crusade. With, right. Well, did... Well, did with, it, no, with Sean, with Sean Connery. Okay, okay. Because like, did it... Like him, did, and his, him and his dad. Okay, I got you. you know but I mean? did it, Indiana Jones, Shia LaBeouf showed up to be the long-lost son of Indiana Jones. Is that right? That's correct, huh? Right. But I, that's correct. But I don't know if, but you didn't know he was his son until the end. Okay, right. Yeah. And so, so I, I don't know if, if they'll get Shia LaBeouf or, or, or somebody else, but, um, right. But I hope that's what they do, but I don't know what they're going to do because I haven't heard anything about it. I just heard that it exists. Right. So I, I have high hopes. I have high hopes, but the man's 80 years old. How much can he do? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I actually have three. So I'm going to run through one real quick because this yeah, is just. Yeah, run through them because I, I got one left. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ghost is on there with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. Uh, That's a good one. That's it's a good, good one. It's a good one. And I. I tell you, I, I'm not the biggest Patrick Swayze fan. My mom, that's her, you know, that's that that's her idol. She loves Dirty Dancing, her favorite movie. Um, I'm not a big fan of it, but I actually happen to enjoy Ghosts a lot uh, because it was just a different dynamic that you still haven't seen them try to recreate it today in any way. Yeah, they. I don't think they will. And secondly here, um, we're going to put Beetlejuice on the list. I'm going to talk about it real quick. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton. Uh, it was, I'm just going to say, I'm, I don't think they should do the second Beetlejuice like they're doing. I'm obviously going to watch it, but I feel Beetlejuice is a little overrated like Top Gun, but I still enjoy it for what it is. I, I don't think it's a masterpiece, but I will sit down and watch it from time to time. I find it's a fun watch. So Beetlejuice is my last honorable mention. Okay. Because um, I'm a big Tim Burton fan, and that kind of put him on the map, right? Right, yeah. Um, I enjoy Beetlejuice for what it is. I mean, he he's a, he's a character that people dress up to to this day. I mean, if you go to a Halloween shop. That's true. There are That's Beetlejuice. True. There are Beetlejuice. There are Beetlejuice uh, costumes available because he is a memorable character, a fun character. I mean, he's scary but funny, mm -hmm. and you know that's that's a rarity in the movie business to create something, create someone that people never forget. That person, 
never forget that character. And I'm sure Keaton, when he goes to conventions and stuff, you know, sure he's he, sure he gets asked Batman questions and and things like that. But I'm sure there there a lot of fans asking questions about about Beetlejuice because it has again it has one of those cult followings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's dark, it's witty, it's fun. I mean, you know, Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin. I mean, if you look at Alec Baldwin in, in that movie, you couldn't believe it. Like, you see Alec Baldwin nowadays, how he, how he looks like a, a, a young, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's so, he's so thin and so young looking. Like, I don't know how old he was when he made that movie, but man, I mean, he looks like he's, he looks like he's in his like high 20s, early 30s, something like that. Right. And, I, re- I remember you know, I, I remember watching Beetlejuice when I was younger. That was kind of when I first saw it. And <clears throat> it's crazy when you watch stuff when you're younger versus when you watch it when you're older because you catch more things. And I did yes. not realize for the longest time that Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin had died in that car accident because they just nonchalant show you they walk home, yada, yada, right. and then they get inherited with Beetlejuice. But after you watch it, you're know, like, oh, wow, damn, they actually died in the car wreck. And then the fact that Beetlejuice went to hell <laughs> at the end of the movie, it was like, I should have been watching right. that, I don't think, growing up. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a young Winona Ryder, and, you know, right. she's she's now part, she's now a big part of Stranger Things. And so it's like, and, and if, if you're a fan of the 80s at all, everything that everything that Dylan and I have been talking about this entire podcast gets referenced in Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, you know, Ghostbusters, Goonies, Beetlejuice, E.T., it all gets referenced in, in, in Stranger Things at one point or another. Man, I have never seen um, Stranger Things. No, I've never seen an episode, I don't think. And I don't know if I want to start because there's just so many like, seasons. I think you should. Okay. <laughs> Um, it's, I think you should, because it's chuck full of eighties references that you, that you might not get because you're, you're a little younger than me, but you will get because you've seen, you will get some of them because you've seen the movies. Okay. And I mean, underneath that, it's got great child actors and you watch them grow up the first three seasons and, and then come season four, which they're on right now which I think is the final season. Yes. Um, They're all like teenagers, you know, after puberty. Like it seems like from season three to season four, they go from like 13 years old to 16. (laughs) So they're like totally different. I mean, they've all sprouted. They're all like young men and women now. So it's like, it's weird. But Winona Ryder plays the mom, like one of the main moms involved Mm. It's really good. Like, it's really good. Believe me. Like, I've steered you towards shows before, but like this, <laughs> like, I can tell you that it, it's got such a huge following out there. It's insane. Like, Stranger Things, when you first start watching it, you're like, what is this? What's going on here? And um, the girl, Millie, uh, Billy Billy Bobby Brown, Brown. Yeah, her. She's amazing throughout. You watch her grow up. She plays the main character, the protagonist, if you will. And you watch her grow up from like 
11 years old or so to like 16 or 17 and it's 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 an amazing thing but she's um it's got a huge cast man like i can't begin to start naming the cast because people pop up and you're like oh my god that's so and so oh my god that's so and so you know what i mean and it's just the world that they live in it's just it's it's crazy the whole story is crazy and it's I can't say enough good things about Stranger Things. That I, I swear, you only need to watch the first episode. Just watch season one, episode one, and then you tell me whether you're going to keep watching it or not. <laughs> okay. I am uh, in the middle then of... you've only wasted... Go ahead. <clears throat> then you've only wasted one hour instead of the countless hours it'll take to catch up. Right. I... Uh... I'm almost done with Better Call Saul. I'm almost caught up on that. So once I finish that, okay. I will uh <laughs> I will check yeah, that you'll out. Check out Stranger Things. Don't thank me later. Okay. <laughs> Stranger Things is amazing. It shocks me that you haven't seen it because I know the kind of movies you like. You well, like horror, you like sci-fi. It's all that. It's thriller, horror, sci-fi all wrapped into one. Okay, cool. Um, well, man, look, um, that does it for the 80s movies, dude. Um, I appreciate you coming on here. 80s. 80s. I do want to do one thing. We got like I got like five minutes left here. I want to know your top okay. your top two most um the 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 top two movies that are that are releasing this year that you're the most excited for. I'll give mine as well. Well, Jurassic World. Um, which Dominion. comes out this weekend. Yes. Dominion. I'm, I'm really excited for, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm also, I'm also excited for Top Gun. Yes. Which I haven't seen yet, which I've seen. I, I've heard a lot of good things about. Um, I, I, I mean, it's pretty much it that I can think of off the top of my head. I haven't heard of anything. I mean, and maybe the last, I, I, the last thing I'll say is the last Halloween, the supposed last Halloween, the Halloween, <laughs> what do they call it? Halloween ends. Halloween ends. Yeah, yeah. So that those will be the. I'll, I'll give you three there. Um, yeah. Jurassic World, Dominion, Top Gun, Maverick, and Halloween ends. Well, I'll say this about Halloween. You said supposedly the final one. Apparently, Jamie Lee Curtis owns rights, so owns some rights to the Halloween franchise. So I think she says this is like it. I don't think she wants to do them anymore. Um, which she could always sell her rights and they could just redo the shit like Rob Zombie did. Um, but so I, I am looking forward to the Halloween ends. Um, I am number one, of course, you got Top Gun and, and you know, Jurassic World uh, Dominion. Um, but the number one for me, Al, is I'm a big Elvis Presley fan. He's my greatest artist of all time. They had this movie coming out next weekend and do this movie looks absolutely phenomenal. So like that's <laughs> the new Elvis movie is uh, with Tom Hanks is it, in my opinion, going to be if it lives up to the hype because Priscilla and Lisa Marie are all giving praise to it, which is the first time it's happened when they've made an Elvis uh, special. Um, if it turns out to be up to standards, then it's going to be one of the greatest movies of my lifetime. Well, I love, 
I love biopics or biopics, whichever you prefer. Right. <clears throat> you know, I, I did like I did like the one I did like Bohemian Rhapsody about Queen. Yes. yes. And um Rocket Man about uh Elton John. Elton John, right. Um but um the one that I'm I I heard about just recently I heard that they're doing one about Madonna that she's getting behind. Yeah, do you know and, um, the the chick that have you seen Ozark? Oh yeah. Okay, Ruth in Ozark. She is she has been uh she has officially been announced as playing Madonna. And I think that is a brilliant move cuz this chick is this chick is money. So So you know what's funny about her is that Madonna's a big fan of Ozark and when ah. they were trying to figure out when they were trying to figure out who to play her um Madonna mentioned her and the producers and everybody involved said I don't know if she can sing so they said bring her so they said bring her in and so she met Madonna and Madonna asked her to sing and I she do. sang and she she said there you go <laughs> two things that, sometimes it's, like, it's weird right like so, yeah it's weird when stuff like that happens you know for me a lot of people complain about biopics about how fast they move like oh it didn't happen overnight again you have two right. hours two and a half at most to make something so interesting so i don't have a problem with that factor that sure if you do your research and you're gonna know queen it didn't happen overnight. They didn't find Freddie Mercury like that, but they had to make it within a two-hour time like frame. Or like Ray. You ever see Ray? You I saw about Ray Charles. <laughs> yeah, with Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Jamie Foxx, yeah. It did not happen that way, but but I appreciate that because, again, they're, they have, they're, they're under time restraint. They don't have 30 years to make a movie. They have two hours. Right. So I, I don't feel that, but the one part that I do – and, and, and it's the same for this Elvis movie, and, and it's going to be the same for the Madonna movie, as I don't enjoy when an actor takes over the part and sings the songs. I, I prefer that they just, I prefer they just play, they sing along to the song and they dub it over. I, I, it's, it's, just right. this, it's just this pity thing for me. I mean, Walk the Line is one of my favorite movies, and Joaquin Phoenix sang the parts in it, um, which, right, you know, but that's just a big, hootenanny for me i I just i I can't it it just irritates me knowing that well wait if this movie's about elvis i don't really care what this guy sounds like i want to hear elvis you know what i mean (laughs) exactly so yeah i don't know when the madonna movie's coming out but you you mentioned like what are you excited about this year i don't think it's coming out this year but i just i just heard about it like a couple days ago uh so i look I, i look for it and whatever I could find on it. Cause I, as being a child of the eighties, I mean, I worshiped the Madonna back in the day. So uh, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be front row center for that one. Well, Al, look, man, I, I appreciate you coming back on here. I hate, I hate hitting you back up because I'm like, man, it's been four months and, and we're probably tired of doing this. You're probably tired of hearing from me, but. Uh, oh, absolutely to keep- not. You're absolutely wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. I love, I love the hodgepodge. I love uh, having these discussions with you because they're always an interesting discussion. And we usually are pretty close. Like most of the movies we had on our list might not have been, 
in the same order, but we had pretty much the, the you know the top ten movies, top fifteen movies of the eighties. I mean, like like we said before, it's really hard to narrow it down to five. But it was interesting trying. <laughs> it was, man. Well, look, dude, I I I got I got to go. I got to the podcast here, but I, I appreciate you doing this for me, dude. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll get we'll, this is not going to be the last time hearing from me, Al. I know we say that every few months, but uh, we're going to get back on here. I we're going to do these. <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. Yeah, man. Be well. Be safe. Yeah, man. You too. I appreciate it, brother. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. All right. Bye.